welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Following the national period of mourning for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, we are back with our thoughts on Bristol's first two games of the season. That dramatic opening day, late win against Bath at the gate and this weekend's resolute victory away at Wasps. We also look forward to the next game at home against London Irish and give our thoughts on the team and how the result may go. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, good to uh, be back together again. Uh, Lee, at your place. And can I just say you were looking remarkably well because I understand you were at a cider festival all day yesterday. I was. I was out in the sunshine. Uh, uh, it was a token thing. You know, you got your tokens, you pay for your tokens and then... And I was telling Pete earlier, you had to queue quite a while, so you didn't get a lot of choice. So, you, you know, you picked a number and went with it. And I made, on the whole, good choices, but I did have a couple of, maybe a couple of rough farmhouses, which, uh, yeah, were a little bit, little, still resting in the tummy a little bit, Tone. But, yeah, I'm OK, I'm here, I'm alive. And, and do you think that, that, that video that you posted late last night, <laughs> of, you, of you singing out of time to the Wurzels, had anything to do with those farmhouse ones? I think possibly, yeah. I think, though, I had about a 40-minute walk back, so uh, that did clear in my head. But I was still singing that tune, you know, as always. But, um, no, it was a really good day, actually, a really oh, wh- good day. Where, whereabouts was it? It was a place called Almondsbury Creative, just off the motorway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was like walking distance from my partner's place. So, uh, yes, we walked there. It was in the sunshine. And, uh, yeah, it was a good day out. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, Pete, I've got to say, you're, you're, you kind of dressed down a bit for this 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 podcast after coming with all your cricket gear and your your baseball cap. Lots of people commented on your baseball cap, didn't they, oh, on social media? I didn't realise it was such a divisive garment for people to wear. But, uh, um, yeah, no, well, obviously, I uh, I can't even remember why I was wearing that baseball cap. I know, because I'd come from the cricket come, after yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, actually, last Sunday, I also played 40 overs of cricket, boy. So, um, you know, I know we didn't do one last Sunday, but if I had come to it, I would have come in with full whites. Uh, but that might have tipped a lot of people over the edge. So, <laughs> yeah. so today... Day, I'm just in my standard jeans and my Superman t-shirt. Well, did, did you have a runner with your dodgy knee or were, were you able uh, to, I, to bat on? I, well, then, hang on, you haven't mentioned how, ma- how much you got. How, how many runs? Yeah, well, he, he probably wasn't buying for long, was he? <laughs> Let's say that at any level of cricket, it's all relative, the runs you get. You you can only bat against the bowling you're facing. And uh, just like to say that to open the batting, I got a 63 not out, boys. And sixes yeah. as well, was it? Yeah. Uh, and and I, 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 innings, built yeah. innings. Yeah, and uh, the under 11s took that <laughs> real, real, real thrashing. Don't, I'll chip them up, mate. You volley them home. Uh, and, and Miles, fella, how are you? Good. I've been mucking around in the Cotswolds today with the Duchess and the family on the. Uh, and the, on the country the, estate? Yeah, on the country yeah. estate. Well, funny you should say that Duchess had her eyes on a few listed buildings, these old Cotswold villages, etc. Now we had great fun, a little family day out on this Acra run in inflatable on the Cotswolds loved it got a little bit a little bit sunburned though I fell asleep in the sun for two hours but um, a great day out well, well what I'd heard that you were sizing up Highgrove just in case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be free soon it's yeah. going to be available soon straight money irons on alright then well let's talk about that first game of the season um, but before we actually got on, get on to the game itself um, I just want to get your boys thoughts about wow 
the decision making process of trying to decide you know after the, the the sad sad news that the queen had passed away every sport seemed to get their house in orderly except mm. except rugby yeah i mean <clears throat> we I've, we all knew but it's a sensitive issue so you know the just out of respect there was going to be a period of time that would you know sort things out but for me it was a complete shambles the, the rugby union side of it. I think everyone was kind of waiting what the Premiership football was going to do. Um, and even then, when they'd made a decision, it still took hours after for rugby to mm. make a decision. And, I mean, we all know some of our list of listeners were travelling up from Cornwall, from other parts of, you know, up north to come down for the day. And, you know, I mean, we know a couple of people that had booked in, haven't they, in, mm-hmm. in hotels and B&Bs. And I just thought it was a complete shambles that it took, A, that it took that long to make a decision. Um, and t- taking a decision aside, I mean, only one out of the four of us actually managed to watch the game in yeah. the end, didn't we? But, I mean, come on. Even taking the sensitivity of the situation aside, those decisions need to be made a lot sooner. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you've got people in charge to make decisions, make them. You know, simple as that. And, and Miles, I think, you know, mixed views, you know, there were two camps about whether it should go ahead or mm. not go ahead. But then in the end, to postpone it 24 hours really didn't seem to be doing anything, especially the fact, I think, the RFU then gave permission for two championship games to go ahead on the Friday night. Yeah. But Bristol and Sales game were um, delayed by by twenty four hours. Just didn't seem to make any sense at all, other than just annoying the the, mm. the fans. It, it was. I think your 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 word process is a, is an understatement. Well, there was doesn't seem to be any process, was it? And there wasn't any process for about sort of twelve hours. I mean, I, I agree with Lee. Fans had left. Fans wanted to know what was going on. And the, the Premiership rugby now, if you were still fanning around about, from what I could tell, about one, two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's shambles is is an accurate description of it, really. I think, um, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I think delaying by 24 hours was a weird, weird mark of respect for the situation at the, in the morning that the country was going through. Um, and to let some games go ahead and... It really got... I mean, you saw on our WhatsApp group, it really got my goat. The fact that I'd missed a fantastic first game of the season, I could not change my plans on the Saturday. And I think that happened with a lot of uh, a lot of the crowd because I think numbers were down... Yeah. Not probably the 24,000 we would have liked. And I feel sorry for Bristol. They had to get rid of all this food and drink um, that they'd planned, you know, Bristol Bears to play, Bristol City to play, haven't they? Mm, but that's right. All in all, yeah, mm. uh, not great. Well, well, I did my bit and tried to eat at least two pastas. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, good good luck. Yeah, <laughs> that t-shirt's yeah. a bit tight, Pete. So, uh, Pete, you were the, the sole representative of Bears Beyond the Gate at the game. Um, I mean, before we talk about the, the game, I mean, we're not going to go into detail. Obviously, it was a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we, all our listeners will have seen the... The replays and I'm sure heard of it but what, what was the atmosphere like there? To be fair it was good and I think um, I, I was of the opinion personally that it should have gone ahead Friday so I was quite pleased that I had the opportunity to go and I was lucky that I didn't have anything else on um, yeah I mean it was a we did the, the minute silence and then sang God Save the King 
and actually I personally found that quite a cathartic opportunity to to, to do so I think it was you know it felt good and then and then the game went ahead I mean I think the bigger issue is is that yeah okay it was ter- it was it was very difficult timing for the country for it to happen nobody can predict but you would have thought there'd been some sort of contingency or some sort of planning in advance about the con- you know eventuality of the monarch dying and to be fair you know this is no disrespect the ki- queen realistically you think it was going to happen quite you know around this you know she didn't look that good even on Tuesday but even before that you so you would have thought they'd have some sort of clear definite process and I think the problem with the rugby was that there there is no one decision maker is there it was a it had to go to a board meeting they had to discuss and I think it was too I heard through the grapevine it was two clubs that weren't playing on Friday that didn't want it to happen and therefore they they were they were there was a lot of horse trading going on, and that just seemed a, a silly thing to happen. So it, it, it just seems it just is shocking. I think that it just shows how badly run rugby is compared mm, to yeah, other great. professional Absolutely. sports. They they had to have a majority decision or a, a unanimous decision. Unanimous. Yeah, um, you know other other places like the Premier League, they they've got an executive team. And they make the decision and the yeah. people abide by it. And i tell you what, the other thing for me, I, I only just really thought about this. And I think this obviously just disappointed a lot of fans that, that couldn't get to the game either because it was changed or, or just weren't going to be able to make it this weekend. That um, it wasn't, was due to be on BT Sport. Um, and then PRTV couldn't be there. Mm. And then we couldn't mm. have a TMO. And they said because of the late notice, there wasn't the television crews. Yeah. I just thought, we forty six Premier League and Championship games were yeah, yeah. cancelled that weekend. Yeah. All those TV <laughs> what crews. They, doing? They, they must have had loads of television crews yeah, that absolutely. didn't have anything to do. And and let's let's remember that the TV crews were already down there. Yeah. Because when I was walking stand at six in the morning, I seen them all. Mm. In well, the, they. In the I mean, the only thing with that is, I understand that maybe they were then scheduled to go. Yeah, yeah, the next day. You know, they only obviously have a. But yeah, it's a really good point you made, Tony. I mean, you know, we're living in the 21st century, the digital world. Well, well, City (laughs) was supposed to be at home. So, so where was the television crew that was going to be there for them? And these crews that were obviously then available, they could have easily just redirected one of those crews down to wherever, Happy Days, you know, to Sandy Park, wherever. And it it was a complete shambles, wasn't it? it? Whichever way you look at it, it was a complete shambles. I'm like, like I said, we've all got different views on, you know, we probably split half and half here, but I, I tended to think, agree that Friday night should have been played. And I think that we could have done our own kind of send off to the mm-hmm. Queen and then, you know, kind of sing the, the national anthem to the King and do it our way. And we, we could have led by example then, you know, we would have been the first game on the TV and that, you know, and the 24 hour thing. Because what if football had been played? What if City had played? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, what. What, what would have happened then? You know? I know. Well, mm. let's... Let, let's Because I'm sure our yeah, listeners yeah. want to think, you know... We'll, we'll <laughs> they talk, still have to talk about the game. I, they, they did still have the fireworks, though. But uh, at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon, it wasn't, didn't have quite the impact. Yeah. So they would have had <laughs> a Friday in night. the dark at 7.30. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they should have kept yeah, them the for the next Friday yeah. night game. Anyway, but, we won the game. And uh, yeah. as far as rugby's concerned, that was the biggest plus. Well, well that's it. Beating Bath, it always makes people happy, doesn't it? It's uh, Unless you're a Bath fan, of course. Uh, 31-29, um, uh, a real seesaw game, Pete. You were, you were the man there. That's the man. Um, you know, tell us what... What stood out for you in the game? Well, I think ultimately 
we scored five tries to two and we won by two points. So I think that tells you a lot. Uh, yeah. Bath were surprisingly well organised, came with a very simple, effective game plan that was essentially to box kick, to shut down space. The sort of thing that we've always struggled with against teams that are good at doing it. And, and lo and behold, we did struggle. And uh, you know, they, our line-out was, was poor. Uh, they lapped up, Piers Francis lapped up every penalty that they got. Um, but we always looked like we had a little bit more in the tank. Obviously, Ellis Genge produced two moments of absolute schoolboy brilliance. You don't you don't often see people running through gaps like that in Premier Rugby. It was it was brilliant. Well, that um, was the only bit of Exeter's game plan that they forgot Bath's to. Game Bath, yeah. But Bath wasn't yeah. it to tackle Ellis Genge? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it, it, it was the right result to be honest in terms of. You know who was trying to play more rugby, but uh, yeah, Dave Atwood was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, their their pack were were right up for it. Ben Spencer had a great game. He kind of showed up Harry Rand a little bit in terms of game management, kicking. Mm. Um, but and I must admit, with twenty minutes to go, I thought it was slipping away. I just thought you know we 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 are we're t- making too many mistakes here, but. You know, having had a rubbish line out for a lot of the second half, we, when we really needed one, we then did one, got a rolling ball, scored, and then. But even then, it was still, still in the uh, balance when they got a. I mean, if you couldn't make it up, we scored to go two, three point, two points ahead, and there was ten seconds left. You knew it was going. You knew short kickoff. It yeah. had to be. Yeah. Short kickoff. So you. Knew, and I mean, Charles Piertau missed the ball. I mean, no offense, <laughs> he's a great player, but he knocked it on. And I was like, oh, my God, he's knocked it on. Off the so kickoff. The, off the kickoff. Oh, so right. they had the scrum just outside our 22, yeah. and you're thinking, well, it's oh, going to be can penalty. imagine what they are. Penalty yeah. or drop goal. I mean, it was, you can imagine the whole stage, apart from the Bath fans, were, were just like head in hands. And they went backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, and you're thinking, oh. For... And actually, they went for the drop goal quite quickly, I thought. I thought they would have punched a few more holes to try and get a penalty. And Francis hit it well. And you could hear this massive cheer go up, and most a lot of Bath fans are in the Atio, and the implica- initially I thought it was them cheering, mm. and actually it was a South Stand cheering because they could see it missed. missed to the left. So even right up to the fact the ball, I was probably I only knew we'd won the game when the ball was like parallel with the post, but I couldn't tell if it was like left or right of them. So it was dramatic. It was a great finish, the right result, but fair play to to Bath, and more importantly, Miles gave his ticket to a surgeon who turned out to be a knee surgeon (laughs) so so, it turns out his daughter is in the same class as my daughter at school (laughs) so now I am I am on the slow burn (laughs) and I do not want to see Miles at a rugby game again (laughs) excellent well I mean you know um, Lee proud Bristolian that you are to see the the baby rhino come back first try after 90 seconds and Victory pump before he even crossed the line. Yeah, uh, and then that second one as well, tap and go. What was it? Fifteen meters oh, out. Oh, he was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, was a... I mean, he was. You know, people were just hanging off him, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, that like I say, I mean, Bath up front, it was it was strong, weren't they? And it was beautiful. And I mean, I think even Genji probably dreaming about that the night before still didn't do those things that he did on the pitch on yeah. the on the Saturday. So yeah, it was fantastic. And see Joycey and Genji celebrating together at the end was oh, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and then and then uh, Genji to do the blackbird on the pitch oh, first yes. game back victory in front of twenty two thousand against Bath. Yeah, doesn't get much better than that, no, does it? It doesn't. Um, but Pete, as you were there, one thing I do want to ask you about 
your feeling and maybe the crowd feeling about having no TMO? Yeah, interesting. Uh, I honestly felt a bit sorry for, I think it was Tom Foley. Yeah. I, I felt he was, I thought he did a good job, to be fair. Uh, his, his linos, yeah, for what a surprise. The linos got involved a little bit more, like we're always saying they should. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a lot, there was a bit of chat afterwards about one of our tries. You know, Bath complained that there was something off the ball, but they, there was definitely the players played to no TMO. It was it was fairly obvious. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of niggle. And it kind of proved the point that however much we can complain sometimes about TMOs picking up stuff that's before we score tries, it actually isn't a bad idea just to keep the game flowing in, a re, in the sense that, you know, people can't get away with dark arts, particularly things, negative things like slowing down the ball in a ruck and stuff. And I think afterwards, Sheedy alluded to the fact that Bath had done a lot of slowing up and weren't, you know, were getting away with it. Um, so, but it did have that little feel of a kind of quite literally the Wild West, given the derby, and a bit of kind of it was just us. 22,000 and the players and that was it we were all in this little stadium together it's like what stays on tour you know sort of thing and there was one big massive scrap that obviously has been well documented and uh, Neil Annett got sent off and Sheedy then got sent off and it was a proper good old yellow, yellow card yellow card yeah, yeah. sent off the pitch for 10 minutes um, although at the time it was a bit of a confusion because we saw a red and then we saw Sheedy trotting off and we thought it, Sheedy had been carded for something um, red carded but yeah it was I think the players definitely played down to it I guess mm. and I think it kind of proved that a TMO is not a bad thing just to keep things on the straight and narrow at the very least but for a one-off experience it was uh, it was pretty good fun watching it mm. give it a couple of weeks we'll still be moaning about a yeah, TMO yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll be back again soon already <laughs> I imagine <laughs> okay uh, so a great start to, to the season beating Bath Five tries, five points, um, and all looked good uh, going to this Saturday's game. But uh, this Saturday's game was away at Wasps. Well, we have an appalling record. Oh, yeah. 22 years since the last victory. It was one of those, I don't know about you, uh, Miles, but when it's Wasps away, you almost kind of think we're not going to get anything. I agree. I mean, based on our scoreline, what, last season, you... <laughs> it puts the fear of God in me and you sort of figure like oh is this going to be a 50 pointer and when you, again you see a team sheet like they had like last season they had Bassett, Crossdale, Kibarigi absolutely pummeled us didn't they and, and ran lines um, and put probably about eight tries between them you add the likes of Willis, Launchby and Barbary and that is a good team sheet so going there you know, it puts a, it worries me all the time. Yeah. So go, going into the game, then there were uh, I think there were just three changes, wasn't there? Woolmore in for Genge, who uh, has uh, this is one of his rest weeks. Uh, Capon come in for Byrne, who uh, I think was misfiring in the lineouts, mm. wasn't he, the week before? And then we had Bates in for Rich Lane on the wing. Uh, and then Pete, not a great start. Maverick himself, Tom Cruise, wasn't it? That uh, yep. went over for yep. the first score. It uh, it was yeah, it was it was quite a, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a scrappy start. Wasps, you know, we wasps set the stall out quite quickly. That they were clearly just going to be punching massive holes in our back line as much as they could. I mean, their ball carrying kind of quotient was high, and and it was yeah, it was kind of. 
Yeah, it almost... Yeah, once that try went in, I did think then, this is, we're in for a tough afternoon. Mm. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it was a good try. It was well executed. I don't think there was an awful lot we could have done about it. Um, I think, you know, we were just on the back foot, you know, and, uh, and yeah, Tom Cruise went in the corner. Um, and uh, and that was, yeah. But luckily, well, they missed the, the conversion. Um, Charlie Atkinson missed the conversion because it was one of those ones where it was a really good try, but luckily <laughs> it was right in the corner, <laughs> which I always, we've talked about this in the yeah. past, haven't we? That it's really unfair that really good tries don't get rewarded by an easy conversion. So, whereas a really boring kind of pick and go couldn't get you a conversion. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a start, but, but fair play to, to Bristol. They, uh, you know, they stuck in there and, and got back into the game pretty quick. Yeah, and Lee, we, we get... Uh great flowing move for the Bristol try and uh, Mr Sheedy oh. diving over do you what know was what that about well I did I did also I thought in the bath game I mean Sheedy was definitely you could tell I mean we've been slightly critical haven't we of Callum with, the, with his kick in mm-hmm. as well and but I thought he was very physical in the bath game and I thought he was again showed that physical in this game that physicality um, and it, yeah it was a great bit of work up initially from Randall wasn't it I think quick to get the ball out and then again the link with Piers O'Connor and then out the way to um, uh, to Randall and then yeah it's back to Rich Sheedy Lane. R- uh, Rich, Rich Lane, Lane sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. great catch we should say that Bates did start the game didn't he yeah he, he had, he was had an eight show yeah, yeah. after two, 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 two or three minutes, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah. he did one he kicked the ball once yeah actually to be fair to him well it's not really fair to him but I seem to remember that is he, we, we got the ball back in our 22 he kicked it long wasn't a great kick and it was from that there like return mm. they ended up scoring a try so oh, I think I think when they I think when Tom Cruise went over Jack Bates was like oof all me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to know an interesting fact yeah. Go on. <laughs> I quickly had a look on the um, the Premiership website our starting 15 versus their starting 15 yeah Every one of our players, bar one, out-tackled their opposite number. The mm. only one that didn't was Bates, yeah. who lost out two to one. <laughs> and it was only on for two yeah. minutes. <laughs> but yeah, and that, I mean, obviously, Sheedy was in the right place. Brilliant yeah. partnership with Randall again and crossed for what was the start of a full house, well, wasn't it? I'll tell you what was good about that try is that, it, yeah, it was, it was a scrub in the middle uh, Randall got out quick Sheedy actually carried into some space and I think it was a mispass to O'Connor mm. which made the th- and then mm. he drew the man it was classic run onto the ball with your hands Rich Lane as you say you know d- did well but in the past we've we've always talked about this as well that when we get those really close to the line breaks we never quite finish them off yeah, and it was almost no. it was unbelievable that Randall just put the ball up popped it to Sheedy who I mean you to be generous, you'd call it a cra- on the crash ball. <laughs> to be realistic, you say he got it and he basically yeah, dived as dived. low as he could he go over yeah. just to make sure that he couldn't get held up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a good finish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. So uh, we added a penalty to that and uh, half-time it was uh, Wasp 5, Bristol 10. How, how are you feeling at half-time, Miles? Yeah, I mean, quietly confident. I mean, we'd seen up to half-time that I think Wasp's execution hadn't been so great. Um, I think I was watching PR TV and you know Flats and is it Elliot Stook was on the commentary as well I mean they were like God what's going on with the Wasps a great attack and don't get me wrong um, and the intensity was there from Wasp and that first half good job they dropped a lot of balls but I think at, was it 5-10 at half, at half yeah. time wasn't it to Bristol 
Um, I think I felt as if Wasps could click in the second half, we'd be in a little bit of trouble. Um, we're going to talk about that. But yeah, I thought 10-5 up at half time. I was quietly pleased, really, and quietly confident that we could have a much closer game. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about previous visits there. Often we've been 20 points behind at yeah, half time yeah. and uh, almost out of the game. So, Lee, second half came round uh, and we just kept kept the scoreboard mm. ticking over. Um, yeah. Marcus Bradbury, good try by him. Uh, great break as well to yeah. set it up. Yeah, I mean, what I liked about that was some of the real direct hard lines that we put into that midfield there. and. Mm. I mean, Piatau, I mean, I, we sh- we'll probably get onto this a bit later on at the end when we rate the players, but I thought Piatau was class yesterday mm-hmm. because he was kind of showing that form that we kind of almost expect from him, don't we? And um, some of those lines were amazing, that break that he made. And I think Bradbury, I was thinking about this last week, I think Bradbury's the number eight that Pat actually, he fits the mould that Pat actually mm, yeah. wanted for a, for a number eight. I mean, he's got the strength, he's got the physicality, and I think he's he's one of those guys, I mean, two tries in two games. It's not a bad start for his Bears no, career, no, is it? No. no, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think, Pete, the, the thing that we have got to say, and uh, it was interesting after the game to, to see Bears fans on Twitter uh, around this. I mean, my view was... Wasps had an absolute shocker. I think, what was it, 18, 19 errors. handling mm-hmm. errors. Yeah. Um, as we said earlier, they got some big units that were punching through mm. some huge holes. Mm. Uh, amazing <clears throat> defensive performance by the Bears. I think it was 200, was it 220 odd tackles? 220 yeah. tackles. I can't remember ever seeing, yeah. since we've been doing this podcast, <laughs> having to do too. 220 yeah. uh, tackles. But did we win that game or did Wasps lose it? Well, there is the philosophical question, Tony. I mean, <laughs> yes, undoubtedly, if we had been Wasps fans, you would, we would have despaired because there was enough. Yeah, there was enough. There were enough clean breaks, enough <clears throat> line breaks to win it. But though, yeah, a large amount you could argue playing devil's advocate. Some of those mistakes came because of the pressure that the Bristol would put on them, obviously not necessarily in the original <coughs> line break, but chasing back and some great tackles. So, and and maybe as the game go on, that, that weird thing called pressure built built up in the Wasp players' minds. And, you know, when they were thought they, uh, thought they had were through for a try, they didn't, they snatched at things. And, you know, it was very similar to what we've experienced um, as, as fans, particularly last yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a difficult one. I think, I think 23 is no doubt that 23A, is a flattering score. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there was another few moments, I think just before, I was looking at the notes before um, Bradbury scored, like when they came out at half time, we then gave, I think Sinks gave away three penalties back to right. back. Yeah. They, got, they got back to, to 10-8 and then they had another penalty quite in front of the posts and Atkinson missed oh, it. Did. Yeah. So they would have gone ahead, meant to, you know, and then yeah. quite soon after that, um, we then uh, we then scored. I oh, know then Sheedy got a penalty, so we went from you know we went to thirteen eight, and uh, and then we got the Bradbury try. So it's always those fine margins, you know, yeah. you, counterfactuals. What if the reality is we were? I guess we were lucky that we caught them some ways at a, a proverbial bad day at the office, but at the same time we did everything we could to win that game. Oh, defensively, I mean it was. But also taking our chances. I think being oh, yeah, being yeah, yeah. And, and in the past we've. We've been just, you know, annoyed about 
not being clinical enough in key moments, but really the, the opportunities we had to score, we pretty much scored, and they weren't yeah. that many, but we got no. them, and just shows what can happen. So I think it was the composure that we showed, because undoubtedly in the last last season for sure, we could have easily lost that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we showed the composure, we, we were a lot more level-headed and sensible about things, and like I say, the defence was, you know, we should big up Jordan Crane, I mean, I, you know, Slightly, because I know we conceded 29 points against Bath, so that wasn't so great. Yeah, no. But we definitely, it was only two tries, and like I say, the penalties... To be fair, yeah. against Bath, it wasn't really the defence, it was just the ill-discipline. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. As much yeah. As yeah. So in a way, yeah. I think Craney would probably say... Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And 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 I just, I felt that it was one of those, those games that we could have easily lost. And to be honest... That Wasps that played the first half against Gloucester, the first game of the season, mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. 21 points up, I think. Yeah. I was like, I was sat down in that side of festival checking the scores, and I'm, I'm almost still expecting to to check it 10 minutes later, and we're you know we're 15 points down because mm. you still think Wasps have got that in the locker. But mm. as Pete said, it was just one of those days. But they've gone against us. Yeah. This went for us, and you know we're going we're to accept it. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought one thing, Miles, that stood out for me is so many times Jack Willis has been our nemesis, and their as a team, their ability to to jackal and turn over ball, which they did a few times in the first half. But I thought we were so much quicker to the breakdown to yeah. to stop that. Really. I, I, I thought it was really impressive the defence yeah I, I, I thought that too I mean he, we know Jack Willis is one of the best jacklers in the league isn't he and he's proved that again and again um, and he, don't, don't get me wrong he was fantastic again yesterday but you're right I think Pat had alluded to before the game hadn't he that we, we know the game plan we've got to be quicker to the breakdown yeah. and I think we were on a lot of occasions um, and it's fun like you were chatting about sort of the metres gain it's almost a complete mirror image of every game last season isn't it we had we'd have double the metres gain yeah. wouldn't we of any other team and then come off with another loss yeah. so, so to suddenly find that Wasps have literally what made nearly double the metres Bristol had which is unusual isn't it um, and we still get the win. So I think that's a massive um, boost to Bristol. The fact that their defence works so well. OK, we, we can't account for the, amount of, the number of errors, but I think um, you know, the tackling count was immense. And we'll, we'll go on to talk about some individual performances and a good solid performance. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with Pete, the scoreline is quite flattering. I'll come to you in a second, Lee, but mm-hmm. I've, just, I've known Pete for 13 years... <laughs> And Sorry, team. Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But I've only just realised he's left-handed. Is he? Ah, yeah. yeah. I realise that, boys. Yeah. Well, you know what we they know. say about left-handers. <laughs> 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 Replies on a postcard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, please on Twitter. Yeah, uh, put right. the stamp in the wrong place. Lee. <laughs> just quickly, I know because we're kind of summarising the end of the game now, but... I just want to say there's a couple of things. The learnings, as, as Pat always talks about, we do seem to be getting some of these on point at the moment. I know it's early days. I'm not you know, jumping a gun too much. But I'd like to just say the game management at the end, where we worked, mm-hmm. it was Joycey, Joycey running the show. We worked out to get get up there and then for Sheedy to hit that drop goal, just to take it outside of two, two converted tries at the end of the game. I love that because that was just exactly what we've been asking for for what 12 months I, I was just about to say exactly the same thing I think the thing that pleased me most was that drop goal 
and as you say, just the management at the end to to even if they'd scored again to deny them a losing bonus yeah. point. And you know, is this Dave Allred? Um, you know his influence there because mm-hmm. Sheedy I talked about it with the pre-season games his kicking yeah you did is yeah. just different completely different to last season yeah. would he have taken that on last season I don't know but to put us um, you know 15 points ahead then brilliant yeah. I, I was giving it a bit it was. of give, giving it a bit was, of that and talking about Dave Allred I mean I was lucky to see him um, at school because he, he was he was at my school and he, you that old? Honestly, no. <laughs> what was that? Where was I was that? A pupil, I was a pupil. Oh, you weren't in the same class. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all joking aside, he, he, he would go on the field at lunchtime, right? And you'd see him, and he was knocking his balls miles. Mm. And it it was so effortless how he was doing it. Mm. And you'd see him kicking them between the posts. And you're like, how the hell can someone kick the ball that far without even looking? And it was already a run-up. Mm. And and I do think you're right because you said it in pre-season. We didn't get a chance to see those games, but in the two games I've seen so far, Sheedy's kicking has been absolutely out of this world. Yeah, well, I mean, this this weekend, four from four on the tee, mm. and okay, can, can anybody remember him scoring a drop goal before? Well, oh, oh, 2016. Neil Williams did put something on Twitter <laughs> which I read about the last time Shido took a scored a drop goal was we must be in the championship. I can't remember who it was against, but it was 2016. So it was a fair that's a good old time ago. Good start. Yeah, good yeah. start that was. So good people start. look it up, Neil Williams at St- Bristol Stato or whatever it is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so, yeah, and then we saw the game out 23-8 and, you know, to pick up that uh, away win at Wasps, fantastic. Miles, going to come to you, maybe a little bit controversial I'm going to be now. Mm. We are sitting there, I think, second or third in the table, nine points, because I think Exeter got the the win today, didn't they, against Worcester and Sale, I've got maximum ten. We've got nine points, which I think is, is six more than we had this time last yes, season yes probably yeah um, are we back on track or have we played two of the weaker teams in the league and this has given us a little bit of a false sense of security um, no I don't think so you would never say Wasps are a weak team would you I mean looking at their team sheet uh, and the, the, the game last year I don't think so and Bath you know what I um we sort of expect big wins against Bath at home now, don't we? Based on a couple well, of years ago. Well, me and you did. Based on the 69, whatever, 13 a few years ago. And that was closer than I would have liked. But no, I think that is so encouraging um, to where we were last season to get two wins from two. I'm not, I'm not getting ahead of myself um, uh, saying that this is a turnaround from the year before, but it's encouraging it's, it's progression it's progression yeah. and I think from where we had so many losses last year this is a massive bonus and, and you know puts us in good stead and good spirits for the next couple of games and let's not forget we did say this first block of games are massively important oh, to, yeah. to, to motivation going forward isn't it and you know to be sat that high at the table and I don't think any of us around the table here are, are, are getting too excited just no. yet but it's certainly better to be at that end of the table than previous 12 months no absolutely I suppose the only thing that may be questions in my mind that you know have we had two of our easier games of the season look at Bath this weekend yeah. 
or was it 72 minutes with a one-man advantage and lost 20 points to 37 at home? Yeah. And we just snuck a yeah. win uh, right yeah. at the wire. So don't get me wrong, I am absolutely delighted, yeah. but I think we need to get two or three more games into the season, play some of those top-half teams from last season to really see where we are. But yeah. uh, next, yeah. week, next weekend will certainly be a, a test, won't it? Because oh, it will be, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. always have some foreign <laughs> stormy games against London Irish and... Uh, that's not going to be a free all draw by any means, is it? No, well, it might be a draw. Might it be could a draw. be a draw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's got a five in 26 chance yeah. based yeah. on last season. Right, well, let's move on to uh, next week then. Uh, Saturday, the 24th of September. Quite a rare 3 pm Saturday kickoff Bristol versus London Irish. It is on PR TV for those people that can't make the game. Um, let me uh, come to you, Miles. Um, thinking about the team for next week, um, who do you think will start in that that front five? Well, <laughs> I'm worried based on injuries uh, this weekend. Who who is going to start? Um, I'm not entirely. I mean, you'll probably be able to help me out with this. What is Genji's rest period now? What, do you know where we are with restrictions on him? Featuring again. Well, that's an excellent question. Um, you don't know the answer. Well, <laughs> no, I, 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 know something. I, I, I do and I don't. Okay. Because the, it looked like for all the England players, they would miss the first two games of the season because that would have been the 10-week okay. period. Yeah. So Genji's played one and obviously rested, rested for one. one. Okay. I, think, I saw somewhere, I don't know where it was, where Pat's mentioned something about him not travelling away. So I don't know oh, whether Genge okay. maybe will play this game at home and then miss, miss the Falcons game the week after, and then he should be yeah. back to normal. Back, back yeah. to normal. I think planning-wise, that's not a bad shout to miss a Falcons away. So maybe then, in that case, we may feature Genji next weekend, um, and we'll just replace replace Walmore, who I thought actually uh, a solid well. game. He did, did really well. well. I mean, he's got you know nice moustache, slick haircut. The boy did really well, I thought, um, and he and he held his own. Um, and, you know, in, in, I think um, Capon played an all right game. He was actually hitting a lot of his lineouts, um, and and Byrne came on and missed a couple, which was a sort of reminiscent of last yeah. weekend, wasn't yeah. it? Down at the gate, I think if Capon's face, I figure that. Uh, and if. Um, yeah. If, if this, yeah, we're a bit restricted on who's fit and on or I think, if possible, yeah, I'd, if he's allowed, I'd start with Genge, Capon, and Sinclair again. Um, yeah. Second row. Did we pick up any injuries in the second row? The second row were all, well, all right. It's only the issue that whether Vui might end up going to go to. Mm. Yeah, to, to fill in at flanker. So really, I don't see why we wouldn't have Joyce and Vrui again in second row. So that's my sort of front five for next weekend. This is assuming Genji's is playing. If not, I thought Walmore had a great game and he would step in. Okay. Uh, any any points anybody wants to make? Maybe we'll save the the second row yeah. to to back row. Uh, kind of discussion, but I I, I pretty much uh, agree with that. I don't know how yeah. far Thacker's away from. No, that's the we, ne- we never do now. <laughs> no, we really? never know. Now, do no, we? no. no. He, I mean, Pat tends to tell you when they're out for two months, mm, but yeah. he doesn't tell you if they're out for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so let me come to you then, Pete. Uh, 
Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, the bad news from Saturday clearly was that Jeffries picked up a. It sounds like a a, a, a bad hamstring. I mean, mm. any hamstring's not good, but a bad one is when you're out for eight weeks rather than six or four. So, mm. I think we're gonna have to make an assumption that. Um, can, having... I, can I just interject? Mm. Man of the match, Sam Jeffries. Oh, 100%. oh yeah. absolutely, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, so unfortunately, having played his best game for Bristol probably ever, yeah, um, he's now going to be missing. So therefore, we uh, and obviously Bradbury hobbled off a little bit. Uh, Sam Lewis came on, went off with a rolled his ankle, was seen in a moon boot afterwards. Yeah. Um, so let's let's if I'm assuming the worst, I think we'll we'll have to. We're getting a bit light on back rowers. Fitz Harding's clearly not ready. We don't know whether Thomas is ready. I I read somewhere that he's close so let's be pessimistic and optimistic at the same time and say that can you be optimistic and pessimistic I can in the sense that um, we may have to move Vui will have to move to flank because Jeffries and Lewis won't be available Mm. but Thomas I'm being optimistic is and then the problem we have is it's really is Bradbury now if Bradbury's not fit then Heenan can slip in at number eight. I mean, he is our go-to man who also had a good game, to be mm-hmm. fair, yeah, uh, yeah. 17 tackles. Um, and if Heenan's... Yeah, uh, so he could slot in at eight. So I, my, my kind of two-thirds negative, one-third optimistic is that we'll end up with Vui, uh, Thomas and Heenan. Mm. And then what you you would suggest someone like Ed and then Holmes Ed Holmes would come straight in yes, because he yeah. came off the bench. You I did. think it'd be Holmes and it'd be Holmes and Joyce if if has got to play six. It'd be Holmes and Joyce, and then Thomas. We're hoping if Thomas can't play, then we are in a bit of pickle because we've got Heenan, and it really then depends on Bradbury. Was that a serious injury or not? Because we'll need him <clears> to <throat> come in. I mean, you know, Thomas is. If Tom, let's put really bad news. If Thomas is unfit, can't come back. Bradbury can't play. Lewis can't play. Jeffries can't play. Bowie's at six. Heenan's got to play. Are we going down to people like Mackenzie Duncan, who's played a few times from the academy, the young lad? That's a big ask. Uh, or should we get Sam Bedlow in there because he finished the game? <laughs> he finished the game at open side, did, or even Harry Thacker if he's fit. But no, it's a bit. It's a tricky one. This one. It is. We we are starting to look mm. paper thin as yeah. far as that uh, back, back row is concerned. It, it's kind of it's kind of memories of last season, wasn't it? When we had that start of the season. Oh, yeah. 17, 18 players out was sort of ridiculous, yeah. wasn't it? And Could we see an emergency recall for Mitch Eady from Hartwick College? Wow, he's gone, though, isn't he? He's gone, isn't he? He's gone. on loan. No, he's gone. No, he's, no, he's, no. he's released. Contract released. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. you know, we get people back on injury. Well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, let's let's hope, though, that it's, it's not, in terms of, I, you know, Brad. Bradbury, I think their soap is not quite as bad as what I think. I, I think I saw him going into city centre sauna as we speak, so no. they'll be working on his leg. <laughs> the massage, the massage, the massage. Tony, look, the massage sides of the business, not the one you go to. <laughs> but one thing I would say, it, it certainly does seem that Ed Holmes is is has gone above um, John Hawkins in the pecking order for second row, doesn't it? It does. Mm. Yeah. You know, which I'm, I'm slightly surprised flag. about. I think you I think read somewhere that he has. has. Yeah. yeah. So uh, another possibility, isn't it? It's Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you going to bother with nine and ten then? Or was I nine and ten as well? Well, yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm, I mean, Randall came up. Uran got nearly as long as Randall on Saturday. I think. I I think Randall came on 
Randall, sorry, Uran came on for Randall on 56. Yeah. And Randall's, he's not had a brilliant start. He's had an he's had a solid start, mm-hmm. as Miles would say. Uh, and he has looked quite sharp at times. But, yeah, I do wonder whether, you know, I don't know, whether, uh, I don't know, whether you, you Pat think- might be thinking it, it might be time for an Andy start on Saturday. I think Sheedy will start again. I think he's taken... not to. I think he's... Yeah. he's th- Pat has thrown down the gauntlet. AJ's there. And Sheedy has responded either from the competition, from AJ, from the, the, the advice from Dame Allred, Allred and, and just kind of, you know, perking up a bit. And I, I can't see Sheedy not starting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, if I was going to be controversial, I might say Uren Sheedy. Mildly controversial, not really, but... I just got this feeling. Very good, Pete. Very good analysis. But you've talked for so long, I forgot who actually did one to five. Mine. Mine. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. all right, so let's come to the easy one, haven't I? You got the backs. I mean, pretty much they took themselves. To be fair, the back row was a bit of a conundrum. Oh, it, it was. was tricky. No, that was. That was difficult. Yeah, that was. I mean, obviously. I think Piotr, I mean, for me, he was... He We're was, doing it in reverse order, are you? Well, we, we can do it the other way if we want. No, 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 no. I mean, I'd, I'd say Piotr at full back because I think he... Uh, taking um, Simon Jeffries aside, I think he was the next best player on our team, personally. Um, and Morhan has got to be on one wing, I'd say. Bedlow and Piers O'Connor have to be the centres. I mean, that's, that's pretty nailed on. The only thing is... The other wing, and again, we don't know how close... Because Purity was outstanding pre-season, and then he's gone completely... Where is he? Mm. Like, what's what's the situation? That's interesting, isn't it? Because part of me thinks is, is, was Purdy one of the six? You know, the fact that he's not getting near the squad... Mm. And he didn't really last towards the back end of last season. He kind Mm. of disappeared... I wonder if he is in Pat's long-term plans. Mm. Uh, but, well, yeah. I mean, personally, if he was fit, if it was me putting picking the side, as, yeah. it, as it hopefully won't yeah, be, yeah, but I, I would have Purdy on the wing all day long. I mean, the other options, obviously, again, we've got Rich Lane who can play there. And again, we don't know how far away um, Gabriel Ibatoya is, do we? Because no. he, was gonna be, he was quite close to a return. So, and I think if he's fit... Then there's another option on the wing. So I've, <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence a bit. I've yeah, yeah, three players to play on the wing. Easy, Are we like it? that? No, it's, it's not easy. easy. And you did have the, yeah. the predicament of that. You know, that back, back row is tough. Uh, do you know what? For me, Rich Lane. Yeah, yeah. he looks yeah, yeah, was good. He was good. Absolutely solid under the high ball. Uh, plays the percentages yeah. and he, that step inside yeah. for Sheedy's try was, yeah. was close. And I think he, he, he played better. Than he did. I mean, he played all right against Bath, mm. and but he he looked like an improvement this week. So I I gotta say I think he's nailed on to start. But I take what you're saying about Purdy. It's a bit odd. Um, yeah. Um, and just to point out, I think a, a couple of things maybe that we didn't talk about from the Wasp game. The the Wizard of Oz making his hundredth yes. oh, yeah, well uh, appearance. That Brilliant. was that was amazing. And how much have we enjoyed seeing Luke Morahan? Uh, in a bear shirt over those hundred games. What's he um, like, Tony's like a he's like a pair of silky pajamas, isn't he? Is that your favourite? He's like line? silky the silkworm. Yeah. Pair of, <laughs> pa- pair of silky pajamas. He's like an otter. 
yeah. but it was there. nice did anyone see the the reel of like greatest tries and moments in the week because I mean that was fantastic and the one for me was still when he, he sidestepped um Tom, um, uh, not Tom. What's his name? Oh, Johnny. What? Johnny May. Johnny yeah, May. Yeah. Took him on oh, the outside. God, that was yeah. fantastic. Can I, just while it? I remember, also I read because um, I looked at our Twitter feed. It was Andy Oren's hundredth appearance when he came on. Yeah. According oh, to really? Twitter, yeah. So oh, I think we need to. If that is true, which I'm pretty sure it is, and people yeah. can check that, I think we also need to pick him up. Yeah. Doff, yeah. 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 Doff yeah. a cap to, to to Andy. Yeah. And the other point I was going to make was the battle of the number sixes. Um, now Sam Jeffries made 23 tackles, and Tom Willis, the pussy, only made seven tackles. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> that was because he was basically running a mock. Yeah, yeah. Just to add to that. He did make 110 yeah. metres. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, did have time yeah. for tackling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit of pessimistic <laughs> optimism right there, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. OK, right. Uh, so, uh, before we move on, let's talk prediction time then. Oh. So, Bears at home to Irish this Saturday, and I'm going to come to uh, Lee first. Right, I think we're going to have some tries this week, boys. I'm I'm going to go for, and I, I yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be po- positive again. I think I'm going to go Bristol thirty six, Irish twenty two. Okay, Miles. You know, <laughs> Irish worry me every time we play them. I thought that was wasps. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no. But but the, the quality that, you know, a few years ago, you would have said, Irish, oh, that's not a great team, is it? But they have stepped up massively. They moved into their new stadium um, and they put some tough games in. And they were a great running, running side. Um, and and I'm, I'm very worried about Irish. You know what? I think it's going to be very close. I'm going to put something like... 24 Bristol, 23 Irish. Really close one. Pete? Well, I'm just looking up last year because we were 15-10 up at half-time and lost (laughs) 49-32. That was that horrendous second half where they just ran through everything. I I can't believe... uh, I think we're early in the season, we're, we're still pretty solid... So I'm, I think I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it could be a bit close. I think it is going to be close. That Harry Ar- Arundel is a, a menace. Blah blah blah. So I'm going to go for go for a narrow Bristol win. I think we've got to be positive. They are there. You know they're a team we can beat. But I'm thinking um, I'm thinking perhaps twenty three eighteen. Okay, I, I'm going to go 31 all draw. Of course, you could we, be right. Well, yeah. that, we could basically be right. let you do that. I'll I, I tell you what, I mean, looking at that, um, you know, we're all predicting 40, 50 plus points. And yeah, I think yeah. you look at the history of this fixture mm. over the last three or four seasons. And the one thing you can almost guarantee is there'll be plenty of points. There'll be plenty of tries and it will be uh, an entertaining game. Mm. Okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Bears Beyond Gate, and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, Lee, I'm going to come to you now. Uh, 
to talk a little bit about the situation at Worcester. Yeah, your I mean, thoughts. Well, I mean, obviously they 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 good good game today, but they they lost to Exeter. Yeah, I thought it was a credit actually to the players because I mean, you know, after the last few weeks that they've had and all the uncertainty. I mean, when they took to the field, you could see they you know they were still playing for the badge, weren't they? Um, it's a catch twenty two situation, really, isn't it? Because I think we all sympathise with the supporters and the staff and the players and everything, but equally. The owners need to be, you know, Shop. yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they're just, you know, they need a, a proverbial size ten up the at the backside, don't they? And, and um, you know, the the club needs sorting out. And if the owners, the best thing for the owners to do would be to leave, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And let someone step in, who can take the job on, and you know, get Worcester back to where. You know, it's a lovely club, and we've oh, we've been yeah, there a couple great. of times. We love the place, and apart you know, from the plastic pitch, never apart, came yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, and the and the, uh, and the heavy defeats, and heavy defeats, yeah, 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 plastic yeah. pitch and the heavy defeats. Yeah, apart from that, apart from the hospitality, yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the the owners should should step aside and and let's you know let's get people in who can run the show properly and and you know at least get some. Get some minds settled, and you know, get get everything back to to ground zero, and you know, so people can start, you know, a earning their money again and, and concentrating on the rugby side. I mean, it's very difficult, isn't it, Pete? I mean, people, some people haven't been paid. Some of the players have only had sixty five percent of their August salary, and then because of all the problems, uh, they can only get four thousand nine hundred ninety nine in for for mm. the game this weekend, which again isn't going to help cash flow and uh, paying people. Um, if you were a betting man, what would you say as far as Worcester's concerned? I've no idea. I, I mean, they, there was a statement came out after the game because I was watching rugby tonight just before we came over, and they've made one of the owners has made a statement saying you know very close, blah blah blah. Um, I think I mean I agree with everything you say I mean it, the whole thing's a, a disaster but I think it's it's kind of plastering over the cracks of a much bigger problem mm. yeah. is that Worcester whoever owns Worcester are struggling to struggle a little bit because they just don't have the bums on the seats the, to and the season ticket growth and the, the fan growth that they need to run a sustainable business and, and to be honest not many clubs do and, no. and mm. if you don't have Owners that have deep pockets, like we luckily do, or we have owners that have kind of got different viewpoints on why they're owning a club, but do have money, then then you're in trouble. And I think it's what will happen with it will play out. And I hope you know it plays out in a way that it doesn't ruin people's lives. But it, you know, you do wonder whether it's a wake up call, and something may happen that makes it a wake up call for for the rugby, you know, authorities to to really think about it. And I think. You know, fans, having fans, building the game, building numbers is so important. This is, um, we said and, this on the last part, didn't we? The, the whole system needs a massive... You know, what, who exactly it? was really going to want to take over Worcester? I mean, who would, mm. in their right mind, want to take over a club that is, apart from just doing it because it's the right thing to do, in terms of a business decision, mm. is, it, is, it, is it even viable? Because how are you suddenly going to find double as many fans to go to the stadium? Mm. You still got to pay the salaries. Um, 
You've got you know, to pay that tax bill. I mean, obviously, whoever takes over has yeah. got to sort the debts out first. Uh, uh, and then what do you do from there? Then you're uh, going to have some more debts because you're going to have to pay some more tax yeah, in the future. Um, so I think, you know, short term, it all, you know, we, we don't know, do we? Long term, there's a lot of, in, you know, it's going to play out a long time. I think. But for that exact reason, I think that's why this decision needs to be made sooner rather than later because the ins- the uncertainty is well, I mean, already surrounding the guy I mean I, I say clearly because I don't I'm not a sports economist but those guys are holding out for as much as they can get before they go yeah. and if they go into administration they don't get anything so they're you know I heard some sort of so they had a, they, the reason why they're negotiating on the terms is because they haven't been offered enough mm. um, so you know the, the but you know look on the other side of it they may well have put a load of money in in a stupid business decision to take over a rugby club and, you know, they want to get some money, but I, it's a mental situation. Mm. It's, it's not great. It's, I mean, we, you're right, Lee, we went to the club, when we, it felt, feels like about four or five years ago now, didn't it? We had an amazing game up there. The stadium was full. Uh, and as TC said, to find out what, what you get, 4,900 fans, it's just devastating no, for the club. artificial, but it's yeah. not. They have, you know, they they are one of the lower attendants. It's, but, it's about six, yeah. seven Yeah, yeah absolutely. But then, you know what worries me slightly? The the, the bums on seats at the Coventry Stadium yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But that's what that I'm trying to say. Is they, yeah. That was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. They got their own problems. So it's not just unique to Worcester, is it? Coventry on a sunny Saturday afternoon... That they can't yeah. half. It's a big saving, though, isn't it? Even quarter fill that. It's worrying times for some clubs, I, and uh, I don't know, you know, where the likes of Worcester and probably Wasps are going with their fan base. I think I did because I did the evening, the post, not the evening post, the Bristol Post article, <laughs> yeah. and I think I referred to this in my final paragraph for this issue, and I think I referred to the uh, the Coventry Stadium as a as a cavernous white elephant, and it is. It's, it does. Uh, it did look like they, that. They gambled on. Going big and getting crowds and 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 all of that bad, um, bad blood over the summer with the the, the rugby pitch not being relayed. I mean, they, you can't see how wasps are going to grow any support in Coventry. No. Um, no, especially with a thriving championship team now as well in Coventry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's uh, going back to your original thing. I mean, Worcester. You know, we want a resolution. Everyone wants a resolution one way or the other. Hopefully positive, I mean, but it's a it's a long term. Is, is it strangely coincidental that this weekend the rules have changed slightly on the championship clubs? Uh, that's so we're, we're talking about Ealing, who possibly got a bit more money. Now, I think am I right? The deal is that if they can prove they can have a couple of years potentially in the Premiership yes. before they have yeah. to up their. Uh, ability to seat fans it's funny isn't it timings are a bit odd on that front I think it's a 5,000 capacity to get promoted isn't it yeah, instead yeah. of the 10,000 but then they have to have plans planning permission yeah. back in, in yeah. place to get to 10,000 the following season That's it, yeah. but it, is it a coincidence <laughs> that, you know is it is it <laughs> Premiership no. Rugby thinking well, actually, Worcester. If, what, if Worcester might go yeah. one of the other teams might go actually we, we might need to make sure we can Absolutely. bring a Ealing or, or a Jersey or a Cornish yeah, yeah, or on the other side of the coin completely would Premier Rugby actually be quite happy if it goes back to a 10 10 clubish kind of Premiership because you've got more time in the calendar, Pl- clubs could get their England players more because you could have no games in internationals and 
But then you know, you're, just, yeah, you're talking then to two teams, wants. all the staff that are going I mean, to be Premier there, contract and Premier Rugby is, a, is a, the big picture is a is a, a is an is a business. Yeah. Now, in any business, if you have product lines that are not profitable, mm. you basically discontinue them. Now, if you look at the Premiership, the business is thirteen Premiership rugby clubs, and there are one or two of them that aren't what you would consider to be profitable. Business products like, and I'm being really brutally devil's advocate. You know, is there going to be, oh, in the long term, a kind of, you know, a, a reckoning? I mean, you could say mm. we, we've said about sell before. Right? I mean, there's the, you know, there's been hardly any fans at sell. Yeah. Well, and you, yet they're always at the top end of the table. You could look at Newcastle as well. Yeah. You know, you could absolutely wasps at the moment, Worcester. Yeah, it'd be it would be interesting, but you know, as a fan, then to have oh, not, nine home games yeah. uh, no, a season in the league doesn't. Mm. But, I mean, this is again, you know. Sorry if I sound like a broken record, but this is what annoys me so much with rugby that, you know, we couldn't find the the, the season is so badly organised that if we did postpone the games for that first weekend of the season. There isn't any kind of way of fitting them in. There's no leeway at all, uh, is there? And yeah. you just think, and that's with us all losing every club. They're internationals for mm. what eight, nine, ten plus weeks every season. Yeah, uh, it just does seem that something needs to to give, and may, maybe. Do you think maybe we'll, that's right? Do you think we'll find like a central contract kind of scenario when it comes to then England and the internationals and? I don't know if we'll go that far. I don't know if we'll go that far. I think the credits kind of mm. um, almost do that. But uh, however, ha- what other sports do the, the cream of the mm. players disappear yeah. for mm. it's uh, not really you know, the, a quarter of the yeah. season? It's not really no. the reimbursements we want as clubs. We no. just want no. to see our no. players no. play. No. You want to see Genge play 26 yeah. games in I a mean, Bristol shirt, don't you? You could liken it to cricket, couldn't you? Because, I mean... You know, you've got players like Ben Stokes and, you know, all right, he's played a few games for Durham, but he didn't play for Durham for years. Joe Root for, for Yorkshire. I mean, these guys, you know what I mean? They, they still pay the membership and they don't see those players, do they? So, you know, it's the same for us, isn't it? We, we'll see all our internationals hardly play. No, okay then. Well, let's let's move on. Um, let's talk women's rugby because uh, I think two things to uh, uh, to to celebrate really. The first, um, Ashton Gate um, hosting the Red Roses for their final World Cup warm up match. Uh, England seventy three, Wales seven. Uh, Pete, yeah, I I, I, on that? I almost went. I'm, I feel a bit ashamed that I didn't because it was in the diary. Because I kind of forgotten. I was driving home from work and thought it's a bit busy on North Street, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, saw the lights on. I thought it was Bristol City playing, and then realised it was the uh, the, the thing it was the, uh, the Red Roses. I think they got eleven thousand, so it was mm-hmm. a decent yeah. crowd. But actually, I got home and found out it was on ITV Four, so I actually watched the whole thing yeah. with my daughters, and at least and it was a really really entertaining watch. I mean, I don't necessarily agree that beating teams by 70 points is necessarily good generally but it was actually interesting to watch the game to see that the skill levels of the England team are phenomenal and there's a I, few good players in there it was good to see yeah. um, I would I say the enjoyed Welsh, it. I would say the Welsh team though have improved oh, yeah, yeah, more they did all right. as well I mean, they, just... they, they kept England at bay for a bit and scored a try kind of 
early on to, to so it was relatively close but they, they ran out of puff really yeah. I mean there was there was one good there was one scrap in there as well that was good to see it's <laughs> like to you know by by and large they are you know <laughs> very respectful but there was there was one bit where uh, one of the Welsh players did something to the English player on the floor and you saw one of our props run about 50 yards go straight in and we got my daughter off the uh, off the sofa she was loving it she was like look at that dad look at that and uh, but yeah brilliant I just really it was a really entertaining game of rugby with a lot of high skill and I think when we think about uh, the women's football uh, that and then I had the pleasure to go and see the England 2020 international team against India at the counter ground on Thursday I was well impressed with uh, the skill levels of that yeah. for the England team. Are we our three kind of pillars of England teams in the women's side? They're, they're phenomenal. Mm, mm. And Lee, um, staying with the women's game, uh, a fantastic start to the season for uh, the the Bears women's team, uh, beating Sale forty eight points to seven. Oh, how we wish the men's team could oh, kind of yeah. score against. We've never uh, said like that, that. Have we? <laughs> but yeah, a fantastic result, isn't it? I mean. They've started the season well, and I think we're going to have another strong year. The women's team, um, yeah, yeah, full credit to them. And I, I, I just think because this, this was played up at Dings, wasn't it? And I just think like the, the crowd is starting to, it's starting to feel like there's a little bit of momentum building mm. up there, and I think that's great. You know, it's a, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's all good for the Bristol family, isn't it? The community. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us uh, again this week. Uh, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please do subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the London Irish game and we'll look ahead to the away trip at Newcastle. Until then, goodbye, stay lucky and come on, Briz. Briz.